Welcome to Country Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you, too. This is this is actually wild to me. You just said good afternoon. Because it's actually morning. It's actually morning as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, just so sunny, though. Yeah. For, for once. So, of course, we you know this is uh, this is actually our last episode from L.A. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, and that's right. We, we are enjoying the, the sunshine that we've been deprived of for the last 24 hours. It's like I said, I think, in an earlier episode. Like, I never thought my first trip to L.A. I'd have to intentionally leave my sunglasses glasses behind right in mississippi like it's just been so dingy and the poor people that live here you know have just been dealing with this uh these incredible storms and stuff but but man the sun's yeah. peeking through today it's uh it's sunday and uh it's a beautiful it's a it's beautiful sunday day and the sun got the memo and the sun got the memo <laughs> and uh man you see the the mountains kind of in the distance here in la which um you know it's it's really neat i it, when Bo and i take these trips we don't really get to explore any of the places we're in it, so it is kind of this like interesting experience you know you kind of stick your toe in the water in these interesting places and then immediately leave but um i i get the sense that this would be a really fun city to to get to know and uh yeah man i know people like to come back sometime i know people who love it It, it, you know and then we've got some uh, some great listeners we're hoping to actually meet up with some tonight yeah uh, i think we're going to yeah they're out in this area the la uh pipe club in particular i think has been you know, uh, especially pre-COVID, was pretty, pretty going pretty strong. Yeah, uh, and so you know, it's yeah, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those cities. It's funny because it's not L.A. is not necessarily what you might think of as the pipe capital of the world, right? And yet here we are about to do a pipe capital of the world and, and kind of give a, a final episode in this series, and I think the most appropriate way. Yeah, uh, man, there's some things we got to acknowledge first before yeah, we get started. Yeah, yeah. And that is that uh, we are we are now uh, here, you know, at the uh, very close to last. We got two more weeks of this, but the next two weeks are going to be, you know, our shows from Jackson, Mississippi, this from the our, live event. This is our third to last episode. Uh, yeah. That will ever air. That we, that's right. Well, I, yeah. God, God willing. Yeah, or, I mean, you like, know, no, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's it, heavy. It, it certainly has <laughs> planned, you know. I mean, that's, um, that's kind of the intent. And right. so, um, yeah. But I think we need to, uh, you know. That hits. <laughs> It does. It does. The weight, the weight is, it's very weighty uh, from that standpoint, but uh, there's a couple, we have to acknowledge the fact that we've been able to do this. We've been able to produce these shows and and bring folks the shows since, since the beginning of when we kind of opened up the Patreon account to, you know, the next couple of weeks here. Yeah. This has been happening because of the support of our patrons. And so uh, even here at the, the very kind of tail end, we got to give a shout out to some folks who have been helping to, to get us across the finish line, so to speak, and, and really working, really working to help us work, so to speak. And so, man, we got to give a shout out, man. At the Squire level, we've got Cathartes or Aura. Cath Ortez Aura. You know, Bo, right I actually up, tried. Right up, right up to the end, just doing your job. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I'm, 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 I, think, I think I nailed it. But. No, honestly, yeah. I mean, Cath Ortez Aura. I, that, see? See? I, that, I mean... If I'm butchering it, it is unintentionally, which is probably far more offensive. Than I feel when like I, phonetically, that's a pr- that's the right way to say it. If you're just, it's it's like the other day when you couldn't say Francois. Yeah, yeah. But well, like as an English speaker, you look at it, it's like it's Francois. That's Francois. That's right. What it looks well, I mean, like, phonetically, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, at least you know from so, a Cathartes, it's the same thing. I think I, I think I nailed it. I think that nailed it. I Thank you so, so much. We're grateful for <laughs> at the Squire level, Mister or Miss uh, Aura. For uh, supporting us. Absolutely. 
<laughs> man, also at the Patreon level, we've got uh, uh, Zach and then also another Squire man. We've got Brian McNevin. McNevin? Now, McNevin, I know, is actually written into the show. I want yeah, to say has been has. a patron in the past. So we might have uh, joined up to, to help us get across the finish line. Yeah. Here. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Really appreciate you. Appreciate all of you who have been helping to make this show happen uh, over at patreon.com slash Radio. Yeah. Man, okay, here we go. We are talking about pipe capitals of the world. You know, when crafting these episodes for this kind of final recording retreat, one of the things that I was trying to be kind of like cognizant of, I know yeah. you were too, is very much the weight of the moment and yeah. recognizing yeah. that, you know, these these final episodes in many respects will actually be the first that a lot of people in the future will listen to just the way that the distribution kind of shows up on catalogs and everything. I else. guess people do a lot of times start from back to front. That's right. They? Well, are they, they, they get like that? the first couple, they cherry pick off the top. Right. And then if they like it, they then got to go back and they binge listen to yeah. kind of older episodes and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, this being the case, I feel like the pipe capitals of the world series, which is relatively new in, in the last few years, we've kind of introduced that uh, is kind of a good one to make sure that we feature here. But there is no better pipe capital of the world to highlight here as we look at kind of the Twilight episodes of Country Squire Radio yeah. than what has become a, uh, a, a, a pipe mecca for some, a, a location <laughs> that is worthy of holy travels to many. I'm talking about a place that perhaps 10 years ago wasn't quite on the map the way that it is today for yeah. folks all around the world That's who true. make their pilgrimage That's true. to this one location. Yeah. And that is a city in central Mississippi called Jackson. Jackson, Mississippi, pipe capital of the world and home to the country squire tobacconist. John David, we're going to be talking about the country squire, the history of the shop, the uh, the the the, the, yeah. the great culture that exists there, yeah. what it has been, how it came together, how it's evolved, how it's evolved, yeah. changed through hands and yeah. and the uh, you know the the wonderful folks that shop and reside there, people who have made memories there, and right. you know friends that that we have made and friends that we have had to say goodbye to all. Uh, amidst this very special place in yeah. uh, in the country squire, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know I I do want to talk quickly about this series before we dive into the history of the Squire, absolutely what it, what it means to us as as part of the Country Squire Radio community, as the pipe smoking community. But um, th- th- this series, like I think, and, and we may talk about some of our really proudest moments and our disappointments and things like that at uh in our last episodes that will be recorded. Um, you know, live, but, uh, or in front of a live studio audience, I guess you'd say, but, (laughs) um, but you know, one of my biggest disappointments, I think in country squire radio personally, professionally as a co-host is this is not fleshing out this series more. We could have, yeah, this, to say this was not an exhaustive series is an understatement. We, I, I, I want to point the finger here because I, I, I feel like I didn't pursue this with the vigor that it really deserves. And we, I think you were the one that proposed the series, I th- too. I, I may have been. Yeah. I can't remember. But, um, you know, when we discussed this, I had envisioned, you know, taking listeners really around the world, you mm. know, to, mm. I mean, think about all the historic and fantastic, and I really mean fantastic in it, I mean, fantastical, like 
all the historic and fantastical shops, you know, that are just pieces of magic that are scattered all over the globe. Um, these storied places that have left their impact on pipe smoking and, and the pipe smoking community. Um, there are shops in places like Denmark and Germany, um, you know, and, and but then not just to say that we talk about all the carving houses and all the, you know, the master carvers and, you know, their uh, workshops in their backyard, people that harvest briar, you know, the, the rich pastoral places where these leaves yeah. are cultivated carefully and then, and then sent all over the world, you and know, preached to, and, um, and you said pastoral places, pastoral. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's right. Hey, they, I mean, the cows need preaching too, I guess. But, um, so, you know, but you think about, you think about what this series could have been. And I, so, so I do, I have, I have regrets about, you know, some things that I wish, I wish we would have done, maybe wish I would have done differently, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, taking ownership of that. But the, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, just that. as good. you, as you kind of do a postmortem on your own podcast, like you think about some of those things, but um, yeah, this is one of those things for me, Bo. Like, yeah. you know, I wish, wish we would have spent some more deliberate time here fleshing this out. And, um, so we come to the end of, uh, almost the end of Country Squire Radio. And, um, and we have the, you know, the, the benefit of saying, well, what's the pipe capital of, of our world, you know, as we've kind of created this, you know, together, not just me and Bo, but, but you as the listener mm. and, and as the, you know, folks that are, um, you know, an integral part of our, our community. And, um, you know, you, you've, you've created this, uh, this goofy little hamlet, uh, in this sleepy (laughs) Southern town, um, as a, um, as a real, as a real, um, a real waypoint, you know, a real, uh, a real, a real place for people to, um, to come to, to celebrate the pipe and to celebrate what it means to us and, uh, what it, what it has done for, for our lives. And, um, I, we are so honored in Little Jackson to be um, just a small piece of that, and you know, a small piece of your story. And so, so we get to talk today about uh, about the Country Squire Pipe Capital of the World in Jackson, Mississippi. Take us back, John um, David. Well, it's it's neat, you know. From from day one, it's been a privilege to be, um, you know, kind of a, a host to this worldwide community that we weren't really expecting. And and, may, and maybe Bo was, but I, I certainly weren't. And I'm thankful that we, this level. you know, have true. gotten, yeah, I mean, to, you know, to, to be kind of the hub for that. Um, so, you know, what's the, what's the history of this? Like, how did the Country Squire start? What, why, you know, how did it develop and evolve? And what on earth happened to make this, you know, dusty old shop that time had kind of lost into this, um, this real force within the pipe community that, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just the, the, you know, temporary caretaker of, and I, and I always view myself that way. I, I, it's just really important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I remember, I, I can't remember it cause I haven't read those books in so long, but you know, the, there's the, um, you know, in the, in the Lord of the Rings books and maybe, maybe it's return of the King, but there, there's not a, you know, the King's not on the throne. There's just the steward. Right. Right. And it's like the, the steward of Gondor. Yeah, it's a, like well, you know, you the, the king's With his not there. Unstable mental state. But the, but there's a steward who right? lights yeah. himself on fire and throws him off. Do you are you okay? I, well, what, you know, maybe what? we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like setting things on fire. Okay, yeah, but not my, yourself. Please. My beard is kind of getting scraggly, and I don't know. There's been <laughs> these uh, wormy guys kind of hanging around around me, uh, whispering <laughs> in my ear, but. 
having said all that, um, you know, th- there is this um, kind of sense in which, like, it, it, it's not, it's not mine. It's not I- anyone's. It's kind of we we get to ca- we get to take care of it for posterity. Yeah. And I really I really believe that. I really I really believe when you when you engage in something that's bigger than yourself, like you know, you 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 become. Uh, protective of it. It's kind of like a trustee for a trust or for someone's, uh, you know, estate or something. You're kind of, you know, it's not yours. You're charged for looking over it for those that it's really for, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we get to, we get to look at the history of the country squire kind of through those lenses. And, um, and, and, and so step back with me, uh, to do that. Um, it's, it's the late 1960s and World War II vet Jim Reeves had just lost his job as a frigid air salesman. Frigid air salesman. Frigid air. Oh. Uh, Refrigerators, so, yeah. washing machines, stoves. Think about like, like this was a salesman. Talk, talk about a job that like probably doesn't really exist anymore. <laughs> Certainly in that capacity. A lot of sales jobs from that standpoint. You know, for sure, but any yeah. kind of, I mean, you had, these are people that like made a living you know, going around, I don't know in what capacity, if he, you know, was selling to department stores, if he was, you know, going door to door, if I, I, I have no idea, but, um, but I do know that he worked for Frigidaire as, as a, uh, as a salesman. And so, um, he lost his job. They were downsizing. And, uh, this is someone that was born in 1918, <laughs> mm. you know, uh, here we're at the end of the 1960s and, um, he's 50 years old. And so, you know, you're, you're a 50 year old man and you have kind of this, uh, sense in which like, man, I'm, I'm past, you know, midlife at this point, what am I going to do? And it's probably, it's the same kind of thing as today. Like, well, you know, the older people, you know, a lot of times you think to yourself, you, you have a little, uh, more difficulty being marketable to employers because your skills are maybe rusty or you don't know this or that. And, um, you know, of course life expectancy was, was shorter back then than it is now. And so, you think like, man, I'm 50 and I've got to start over. And, you know, what, what do I do? I've got a, I've got a wife, uh, who, you know, is in her, um, forties. I've got two kids that are, you know, 10 and, and 12. Um, you know, what, what do I, what do I do? And, um, you know, Mr. Reeves, uh, you know, again, just from a, um, from a, a Mississippi town called Macomb, um, sweet home Macomb, sweet home Macomb, you know, and I want to say who was the rapper from Macomb? I think, do you remember Brandy in the 1990s? Oh yeah, of course I remember Brandy. Brandy was, uh, Brandy's from Macomb. And then, um, I want to say Britney Spears is from Kentwood, which is just a few miles South of Macomb, but on the Louisiana side of the border. Brandy I, had I a television show that was big in the nineties. I want to say it was Monique. Yeah. Monique. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah. God, what was that show called? But uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. But Absolutely. anyway, uh, Macomb, all that to say, Macomb, uh, Moesha. It was Moesha. Moesha. Sorry, just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. It was great. Macomb, southeast side, southeast part of of Mississippi. That's actually the most historical part of our state. It's right, uh, really close to Natchez. It was the part of our state that was settled first, and a lot of the Civil War stuff took took place in that corner. A lot of wealth, a lot of a lot of poverty, a lot of you know just interesting history down that way. But but uh, he was from Macomb. His wife Gwen was uh, you know a sophisticated lady that was uh, kind of from a, a little different class. She was up the street in Brookhaven, which is more of a kind of a blue blood town that you know at least thinks it's thinks of itself as a little more um, you know 
highbrow, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> you know, it, which is always funny when you talk uh-huh. about places like that in the South. But uh, Mrs. Reeves had actually gotten. I got a, I got um, run out of that town once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, people from Brookhaven they don't they don't say Brookhaven they say Brookhaven. Uh-huh. It's not it's not Brookhaven. <laughs> like everyone else says Brookhaven, right. but it's like Brookhaven, Brookhaven, Brookhaven. <laughs> <laughs> you know when someone's from Brookha- Brookhaven because Brookhaven. they say that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mrs. Reeves, you know, she was um, she got a full scholarship to LSU hmm. in uh, 1940 as a concert pianist. Wow. And yeah. You think about being a woman in 1940, you know, from a, a from a small poor state, you know, and, and yeah, you're from one of the, you know, little dinky towns that kind of considers itself to be upper crust in this, you know, big, big fish in a small pond kind of thing. But like you, you get to go to university for free yeah, as a female yeah. in 1940, right as the war is getting cranked up um, because you can play the keys. Yeah, man. And man, that was Miss Gwen. Yeah. And she was like that, man. And she was sophisticated and she, she was well read. She was, um, a, a romantic at heart. Um, she was she was just a, a really precious woman, and, and she um, and she was like that her whole life. She really was. Um, and so you know you've got this family, and they're like, "What on earth do we do?" At the time, you know, the only place in Jackson, Mississippi, that you could get a pipe was at the drugstore or at J.C. Penney's. Now, now imagine out of curiosity. I mean, I know that J.C. Penney's is the one that kind of raises an eyebrow in the modern context. Yeah, but that's right. Was this like Brent's Drugs or like, like you know what I mean? Was that around back in the day? Probably, yeah. Brent's Drugs opened, uh, yeah, sure, back. Brent, Brent's is a... Uh, a it's kind of a called, Jackson staple. It's a Jackson staple. It was a drugstore for um, decades, and uh, it's still called Brent's Drugs. It's still there, but now they just serve as a restaurant. They, they got took a, away all the pharmacy stuff. Speakeasy in the back, though. Well, speakeasy yeah. in the back, and but it's it's still there. Place you know that's where everyone in, in Jackson used to go get their prescriptions filled and tinctures and um, you know buy their pack of cigarettes or whatever it was. And so uh, and now they just sell hamburgers and you know ice cream sundays and and that kind of thing. But um, uh, you had to go to Penny's to buy to buy a premium pipe or premium tobacco, right? And this was the case all over the country. A lot right. of these places that didn't have, uh, you know, a premium kind of uh, a top shelf tobacconist that carried these blue ribbon products. You know, they, you know, you went to your you went to your department store to buy things like ashtrays and smoking accessories and or, or you know or your drugstore uh, certainly. So it is interesting. Um, you think about JC fascinating. You know, even today, you know, you've got you know obviously just a big warehouse filled of clothes and everything else. And right. Inundated with like perfume salesmen as soon as you walk through the yeah. know, entrance in the mall. Yeah. But you know that you go up to the stairs where the men's stuff is, you know, the men's right. clothing is, but they're also like surrounding that as all these like, you know, beer pong, like, like these little like these little kitschy games. Toys and like, yeah. 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 And it's just, you know, you think about uh, <laughs> gifty things. Yeah. That mindset of like, well, we're trying to get like, yeah, those impulse buys all around mm-hmm. you, but this wasn't an impulse buy. This was like your, you know, kind of a more of a, a higher end. That's right. You know, next to your higher end shoes, your higher end suits. Well, let's think about it like you. Okay. So you made, uh, you made partner at your little country law firm, you know, or whatever. And it's like, well, I'm going to treat myself to a, 
to a nice pipe, yeah. right? And so where are you going to go? Well, if absolutely. you don't live in, you know, a bigger city, you know, at, at the time, um, you know, you, you, you know, you didn't, you don't really have that opportunity. There weren't many tobacconists in the Southeast. And right. so, um, you know, you went to, you know, where you could, and maybe, maybe it's where you bought your first pair of, uh, Allen Edmonds or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, your, 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 your nicest suit you wear into court or whatever it is. And it's like, well, I'm gonna go buy me a Savinelli, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so that's what people did and, uh, really, really kind of neat. Um, so Mr. Reeves saw an opening here. He'd never been a retailer before, but he was a really good salesman. You know, they took a gamble and they wanted to open a pipe shop in in Jackson. This is what's really neat to me. And I, I love this. And I don't know, frankly, if this would happen today. But, but there was a shop that opened in 1969 in Memphis, Tennessee, and it was called Tobacco Corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Tobacco Corner well. And Tobacco Corner... Uh, it closed in, I think it closed in 2018, but it, it, it opened in uh, Tennessee in, in Memphis in 1969. It was one of the first premium tobacconists in the Southeast of its kind. Uh, and it was a very sophisticated shop. They carried, it was where Elvis, you know, went to buy, mm. uh, you know, cigars. They carried a variety of fountain pens that, you know, you could, a surgeon might go buy his, uh, you know, $800 Mont Blanc there, that kind of thing. I mean, it was one of these places that was just very, very high end at the time. And um, the owner at at the Tobacco Corner in Memphis uh, was a man named Elliot Abel. And Mr. Abel, uh, who a lot of folks, uh, you know, who dealt in pipes throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s will remember his name because he did a lot of mail order uh, stuff himself at Tobacco Corner. Um, but Mr. Abel uh, actually picked up the phone one day and on the other end of the phone, he, he got a phone call one day. Yeah. And on the other end of the phone was Jim Reeves and Jim Reeves was in Jackson, Mississippi. And he asked him this crazy question that I just don't know. I don't know if this would happen today, but, but Mr. Reeves said, you know, look, Elliot, I want to do what you're doing in a town three hours South of you. Right. <laughs> can I come work for you? Can I, can me and my wife come work for you for free? Oh, wow. For a month. Wow. And learn your business. Is that right? And that's what happened. And so in, in some sense, like it, it's interesting because tobacco corner doesn't exist anymore, but I kind of feel like, and, and I've really felt the sense of the weight of this when I, when, when they closed, you know, the Country Squire is kind of the child of Tobacco Corner. There's kind of a spiritual lineage there that's like, I feel like if, it, you know, and this is a different topic to some degree, but like if someone would have been there towards the end of Tobacco Corner that could have pivoted it, kind of could have, you know what I mean? Like, I, like what could have happened there? I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? And I think that it goes to the stewardship, the importance of stewardship. Yeah. I have never said this, I don't think, on this podcast. But we're right here at the tail end. Yeah. And Tobacco Corner is not anymore. I, the, you know, I've talked about the fact that I almost put down the pipe at the very beginning because of a very poor initial experience. A poor customer experience. It was yeah. the Tobacco Corner in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. That was yeah. the shop. And Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It was, and then you talk about the the difference experience I got there. Right. Then, you know, coming to Jackson and the experience I got at the time you were managing, I believe, or assistant and managing it, the shop. And, and it just shows you like the divergence because I think the DNA was there. So it, it was, it was there. Yeah. It was there, but, but there's a, there's something that there was just something that took place to these pipe shops, you know, in the, in the nineties and then two thousands. And it's like that during that time period was 
that it's almost like that's when it was decided, like if you were going to make it or not. And you had to decide what your outlook was going to be as a, as a smoke shop. Like how, like you really had to come to terms with what you were and some, some shops didn't, didn't make it. I I, I don't know. Can I just, I just want to, this is very fascinating to me because I'd like, there's an alternate reality where my experience at the tobacco corner in Memphis, Tennessee was fantastic. Right. And, and like, you know, the community was there and this show could have been (laughs) tobacco corner radio. Yeah. As opposed to country squire radio. That's true. But like, you know what I mean? Like that is, that is a a theoretical alternate reality. I don't think I've ever called them out by name before. I know we've talked about them and we've kind of like, it's been traded looks, but I've, yeah, we've pranced around it a little bit because I, you know, I have a lot of affection for that shot. Absolutely. It's a beautiful little shot. I really, I was, I, I really, um, a lot of affection for that shop because our shop would not have existed without it. Yeah. And, and so, but then I also know, you know, towards the end, it's just, um, you know, when, when you get to one of those places where you, you know, you turn around and walk into a place and you're immediately as a new pipe smoker or someone that's interested and made to feel uncomfortable, it's like, well, I, you know, and, and may, you never know who's having a bad day or a good day or whatever. But at the at the end of the day, what you said is right. It's like every single customer experience like can lead somewhere. Now, this is my pretty woman moment. You know, like you, you made a big mistake. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> so I sit here with 10 years bags of Country Squire Radio. Right. <laughs> All right, man. And we're going to take a quick break in the midst of this amazing epic tale to talk a little bit about our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Man, that's right. We are so thankful for our friends at Missouri Meerschaum for sponsoring our show for uh, a number of years, and they have been an integral part in uh, making this uh, community happen and this podcast happen. Um, And so many wonderful products. We are so proud to be associated with them and to have had the privilege of being on their team as far as their, um, you know, telling their story and and getting the word out about, um, you know, their their, uh, commitment to the pipe community. So, um, so so many great products to check out. Please go to their website, corncobpipe.com. They've got incredible selections of uh, corncob pipes, obviously, uh, wooden pipes, clay pipes, uh, tobaccos, and apparel. And of course, the folks would be happy to ship it right to your front door. That's right, man. And you, you want to talk about some great quality uh, folks behind the scenes as well. You know when you're buying a corncob pipe from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum, not only are you getting a quality product, you're supporting a quality business filled with quality people. Special thanks to our good friends at Missouri Mirsham for sponsoring this show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All right, sorry, let's get back on track here. So, but what's interesting (laughs) is, you know, all that to say, like, and we did digress quite a bit, you know, Tobacco Corner was instrumental in, in helping uh, the country squire gets started again. This was the shop literally that Elvis shopped at yeah. in Memphis. You know, they would close their shop and uh, and give him a private 
um, a private shopping experience with, you know, someone that would follow him around with a tray to put his cigars and his pipe tobacco on, you know, I mean, can you imagine serving the king for your, uh, you know, his tobacco needs or whatever, but, mm. um, so interesting, but anyway, so Mr. Reeve, uh, Elliot Abel was kind enough to let, uh, Jim and Gwen Reeves come to Memphis for a month and, um, and, and shadow. And they did. And they, cause they'd never been retailers. They learned, uh, you know, about ordering who the important vendors were, uh, even tobacco blending, all the, um, you know, inventory, every, everything to do with retail that you can imagine. I mean, imagine, you know, n- knowing nothing, but like, you know, how to sell, you know, a, uh, a, a, a stove or a refrigerator and, you know, and then you're going to say, well, let's give it a go. I ain't got nothing else to, you know, shoot for. And, um, and, and you're going to be a pipe and tobacco retailer. That's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And they were kind enough to do that. And so they, they did. And, um, and that was a real part, uh, interesting side note when, when tobacco corner closed, I went up there and I may have mentioned this before, but I went up to Memphis and took a U-Haul with me and I purchased from, um, the folks that inherited that shop, a really, really kind son, Jeff and, and their family, uh, but I actually purchased a lot of their stock when that shop closed. Yeah. I went up there, and uh, and so in the Country Squire today is kind of a kind of a nod to Tobacco Corner. If you come in our shop today, uh, you'll see you'll see three things you might recognize from Tobacco Corner. You'll see a big rack where they kept their tinned tobacco, and it was in the corner of uh, of that shop. And we have that now, and it, it proudly is in our tin corner where we have a lot of our, you know, Escudo and Nightcap and all those other things that, you know, people love to sift through. You'll also see a, um, a gold, a, a scale, a, a triple balance scale. And that was the scale that Elliot Abel used for decades um, at Tobacco Corner. And we have, it's it's a smaller scale. It's I was about scale, to say, you, you've got your own scale. We have our own yeah. scale that we've had since the, you know, since the beginning of our shop. But we got their scale too. Yeah, and their scale is uh, over underneath our wall pipes, uh, just on display. We don't so use it, but it's but it's right there. A little bit of history, right there. And the walls, um, yeah. and then third, we have their um, their tobacco um, store uh, Indian. We have their Indian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he uh, is about you know probably he's probably six and a half feet tall and uh, and beautiful. And he is old and and worn, but he has been you know. Um, good shape and <laughs> he has seen and, some things and why he has seen, he has seen some things. We're glad he can't talk, right. but, um, so anyway, you kind of, kind of neat. So we have some, some mementos in the shop from, uh, oh, we also have a big sign that says cigar humidor. Um, and that was the, that was the sign, uh, in, in, at the location of Tobacco Corner where Elvis would go, that right. was the sign uh, in that store. So kind of kind of neat there. But, That's awesome. Um, anyway, so so where to locate this shop? Okay, we've went and, um, you know, we've shadowed some and we've decided we're going to do this. And so there was an up-and-coming part of town um, that was, uh, you know, over by the Pearl River. And it's really where Jackson ended. And it's at the end of uh, Lakeland Drive where and Lakeland Drive really just kind of stopped. And they had just built this real kitschy, you know, a shopping center uh, to make everyone think of the French Quarter in in um, in New Orleans, mm. and you know at the time it was probably kind of cool, but it didn't really age well, and it wasn't taken care of over the years. But you know, in 1960, it's like, oh, this makes me think of the French Quarter, and so they called it the Quarter. And uh, Mr. Reeves located a, a spot in there that they could afford, and that the bank would approve a loan for, and all this kind of stuff. And 
they signed a lease and uh, and and decided, hey, we're going to plant our flag here. You know, they had to figure out what to name this store. You know, ha, ha, what do we what do we name this shop? And and they fretted over this a lot because they didn't know if a pipe shop was going to make it uh, in Jackson. And so, uh, and I've told this story before, I know, but um, you know, they. All, all the old-fashioned tobacconists that were either in the industrial Midwest or New England, you know, they had these stately names, right? Someone's either someone's name, like L.J. Peretti, Ewan ah, Reese. Yes. Um, you know, in uh, Washington D.C., you got W. Curtis Draper. You know, these names, or they had names that had some type of tobacco in the name, some kind of reference to, you know, Smoker's Haven or the Tobacco Bowl or, you know, some some kind of name like that 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 immediately said like, oh, this is a this is a smoke shop, right? And Mr. Reeves and, and Mrs. Reeves wanted to wanted to go a third route, but they also wanted to give themselves a little insurance because they weren't sure a smoke shop was going to make it in Jackson. And so they, after a lot of hand wringing, decided to name the shop the Country Squire. And uh, the Country Squire is is a great name for a smoke shop. Uh, it, it you know kind of breeds a little sophistication, and it's interesting, and it has a a little bit of flair to it. But probably the most comforting part for them is that if a smoke shop failed in Jackson, Mississippi, they could immediately uh, switch business models and start selling. Um, you know, furniture or, you know, hats or, you know, men's accessories, you know, it it could become a barber shop. I mean, there's so many things that you could start a business with Um, the name like the Country Squire and sell whatever you want, you know? And so that's what they did. The, The logo is so powerful to me. I love that shield. Um, and I love that. Um, I, I love the pipe with the swirling tobacco smoke. And the story behind that is Mrs. Reeves, uh, about two weeks before they opened, she was uh, up one night doodling on a notepad. And she said she uh, told me she was, you know, had like a had like a towel on her head because she has taken a bath and was sitting up at <laughs> night in bed, just kind of doodling. And yeah. she and that's where she drew that logo. She drew it herself. And um, and and really. um. It's beautiful calligraphy, and and it is. Yeah. It's it's really it's really neat. So so it was formed in uh in August eleventh, nineteen seventy. That was the first day the business opened, and I still have the deposit slip from that day, which is really neat. Uh, someday I hope to bring our museum space back out where I can kind of put some of those things on display. And um, you know, it it was it was really Jackson is a is and was a small town, but. It was kind of in a strategic place that really helped the country squire, and it really, um, really helped get this smoke shop off the map, and also create some fans across our part of the country. And so, um, it's halfway between Dallas and Atlanta, and so big, big thoroughfare going through there with lots of uh, shipping traffic and whatnot. It's also halfway, almost exactly, between Memphis and New Orleans, and right. so. You have this uh, this kind of nexus there, this crossroads where uh, just a lot of a lot of traffic is going through, even at that point in American history, um, and so it became kind of this shop that had kind of was bigger than its britches a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right, right. like what is a shop like this doing in Jackson, Mississippi? And, um, well, it, it's because it, it, it pulled, it, it, it maybe hit a little harder than folks thought it should have. And it was, it was kind of neat. Uh, it was a, it was a very successful Sheraton dealer. Um, 
you know, they had a, one of their first uh, grand events in 1973. Uh, they had the most expensive pipe in the world featured there at the Country Squire. Still got, uh, still got uh, advertisements for that that was in our local paper. Come but, see um, the most expensive pipe in the world. Yeah, it Country it, Squire, Jackson, Mississippi. It was a ten thousand dollar Sheraton. Ten thousand um, dollar Sheraton. Which I mean, you can't even fathom that. I, I, I don't even know what would make a Sheraton a ten thousand dollar pipe. But uh, uh, and that's in nineteen seventy dollars. Wow. You know, which is yeah. Crazy, but you know, and and even though pipes, were, <laughs> I, I know exactly what would make it that price a price tag, like literally, <laughs> just like that's all. Just add another zero right there. We just made history. I know, the Sh- the Sheraton logo. That's right. right. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, and you know, even though pipes were king, they they uh, they had a cigar selection. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, the shop had Mississippi's first walk-in humidor, and uh, and Carlos Fuente, uh, not Carlito, but Carlos, the the dad himself, he uh, he opened up that Fuente account in the early seventies, and uh, as he yeah. was going through the southeast, kind of getting that. Uh, brand really off the ground and in, in in the form that it's in today, and so um, is that a lifelong account? Like pretty is- amazing, yeah. I mean, we we've had that account you know since almost the very beginning of the shop. That's because, amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're one of the oldest uh, Fuente accounts in the southeast, and you know, ever <laughs> since then, even when we were kind of not even known for cigars, people would always know. Man, if you want to, if you want to Opus X, or if you want a certain size of Hemingway, or you know, whatever the Fuente was that you're looking for. Um, you know, you need to go to that little dumpy pipe shop over there because they've got it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was an exciting time. They opened locations all over the city. Country Squire at one point had four locations, uh, which is were really neat. Uh, Mr. Reeves died in 1981, and um, Mrs. Reeves was really uh, he was it was just very unexpected. He was 63, um, you know, a young man really in today's in today's not young, but today we don't think of 63 as being particularly old. But he passed away, and Mrs. Reeves was charged with you know um, providing for her family um, from then until until she died, and yeah. so she ran the shop with her two daughters' help the next 30 years of her life. And, and so uh, most of the history of the Country Squire was actually a female-owned and operated business, which is kind of neat. Um, and so, um, so yeah, pretty, pretty special. Uh, the Tinderbox opened in, 19, in the 1980s at the Country or in, um, in Jackson, and uh, that was kind of our main rival for a few years. Um, it was at Metro Center. So you, you, did you ever go to Metro Center when you were a kid? Oh, man. It's been a minute. See, yeah. I was a public school kid. So yeah. like we went to Metro Center. Well, like, so we, Metro we went Center, down there to play like uh, at the arcade and stuff. They and, had the, uh, I want to say the Cosmic, gosh, what was that store called? It was like the Cosmic Comet or something of that nature. And it was the, <laughs> the only uh, comic book shop in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. And I remember going yeah. there with my grandparents. They yeah. would take us there. And, and uh, but yeah, no, it was... <laughs> That that was the most like every single like stereotype you have in your head about a early nineties comic book shop. Right. That was it. That was it. Gross. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean like just like dirty, nasty, uh, and then like weird kind of like back corner to it and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like it was just uh-huh. the whole whole nine. But uh I kind of feel like Metro Center itself was kind of like that. It just I don't know. It was interesting. But that but the Tinderbox was there and it was our our only competition really in town for for several years until yep. it closed in the early nineties. And um 
Matter of fact, our, our dear friend, Russ Hicks, that's where he got his start smoking a pipe. That's right, was at, yeah. Was at the tinderbox. And after the tinderbox closed, the the Squire kind of absorbed a lot of those customers. And a lot of those folks have been um, been with us ever since then. So the 90s came, and because, you know, the family was, um, we had Mr. Reeves passed away and a lot of family changes and things like that, the shop kind of consolidated its locations down to uh, the original location in the corner it was really common for, uh, you know, if you were to come in and get your half pound of Cornishman or, um, you know, pound of Cherokee or whatever it was, it was really, really common for one of the Reeves grandkids to to weigh up your tobacco, which, um, you know, which I hope is I hope is the case for my kids one day. Yeah, like, right, right. I'd really like that. Um, and uh, that's about the time that Piper the dog made his appearance, too. So uh, Piper was a black lab that kind of basically lived at the shop. And so people would come and just hang out with the dog and, you know, not even really smoke tobacco or anything, but they just would come and drink coffee and hang out with Mrs. Reeves and tell stories and, you know, pet the dog. It was just kind of part of the charm of the of the location. Now, this yeah. wouldn't be a dog that would later kind of make an appearance on some of the, the branding for a certain pipe tobacco from the Country Squire, would it? Um, I think at Hunting Creek, right? Hunting Creek has a has a dog feature. It does have a dog feature yeah. on it. And I actually don't know if that's related to Piper or not, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, not sure. But um, it was during this time uh, in the 90s when, um, it, well... Really, back in the '70s, there was a a, a crazy Southern comedian uh, named uh, uh, Jerry Clower, and if you are just in, if you have any familiarity with the kind of old-fashioned culture in the South, things like the Grand Old Opry or you know stuff like that, uh, you are probably aware of Jerry Clower. But Jerry Clower was just a a, a comedian. He went all over the country uh, telling these jokes about him and his hound dog, and um, <laughs> you know playing football at Mississippi State, and you know chewing tobacco and all this kind of. He was he was he was wholesome, but he was also funny and silly, and he wore these you know flamboyant suits and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, and he was he his his home. At, when he was in Jackson was at the Country Squire and so he mm. would go up there and hold court and um, and and get a lot of laughs and that was kind of part of our fabric for several years we had have had several kind of local celebrities through the years to hang out at the shop and so um, I've mentioned before when Willie Morris uh, wrote my dog skip Willie Morris is a native of Yazoo City uh, Mississippi and when he wrote the book my dog skip uh, which of course they eventually made a movie out of it was published and he brought copies of the book to the Country Squire immediately after picking it up from the uh, post office and um, and passed them out, passed out signed copies at the Squire. How about that? Yeah. And um, pretty, pretty cool. The cigar boom happened in the 90s. And, you know, it, that's when things started to change. And I, I think that's when a lot of pipe shops had to really decide what's your... What's your DNA? Like what, you know, what are you going to what what are you going to represent? What's what what are you going to be made of going forward? And and so the the squire um the squire stuck to the pipe and in and, and and did for maybe even foolishly. I mean it, it just it was it was so committed to the pipe that it almost killed it. And it's kind of awesome. <laughs> 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 it's just so committed to right. the pipe uh, in the middle of the cigar boom. And so uh, the Reeves family did try to pivot enough to absorb some and cater to some cigar smokers during that season. But 
Um, you know, it, it was a, it, at its heart, it is and has been always a pipe shop and, uh, and continues to be, you know, other locations of, of different, uh, cigar shops kind of popped up around town and have come and gone since. But, uh, since then, you know, it's, um, it, we've just kind of stuck to the pipe while, you know, trying to learn how to be a cigar shop as well. Um, in, in 2011, I started working there. Mrs. Reeves hired me and in 2012, she died. And, um, that was personally a really, a really difficult season for me because I was going through a lot of emotional, uh, adjustments. And then, uh, Mrs. Reeves had become a really close friend of mine. I, you know, I mean, she was a 90 year old woman and she had, uh, had really mothered me in some ways that was very precious. And I, I, I think about her a lot, you know, but she passed away. Her uh, daughter, Kim inherited the business and we, it was at this real, turning point. We had to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to keep this thing open? You know, and, and, and if we are, what's our, what's our DNA going to be? And, um, and that's about the time that, uh, a, a, a crazy friend of mine stumbled into my life and said, you want to start a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And so we were this kind of smoke shop that, you know, our, our local area had kind of forgotten. we had had quite a few mail order customers at the point. And so we still sent, uh, you know, tobacco all over the, the world, but uh, not nearly anything like we do now. But our local market had kind of forgotten us because we were just that weird little pipe shop over there. And um, I was a seminary dropout working there, uh, you know, part time and uh, and then managing the shop after Mrs. Reeves passed away. And Bo and I had met uh, a couple years before, maybe at a Bible study or something. And um, and 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 Bo, you know, you created this kind of media company. You had this vision of developing these podcasts. And, well, and I, um, this is where I got to like inject a little bit here because yeah. you know the the classic, uh, you know, John David Brand of oh, it's a dumpy little pipe pipe you know shop and everything, and like oh, all shucks, golly, no man, look, this is the reality is, is that. When when I had this idea, when I wanted to start a podcast company, I I had theories around what would work as a podcast. Yeah, and yeah. one of the things I felt was really important was to bring the concept of experience into an audio format, right? And so you right. need to find in that situation there needs to be a unique and special experience that can really translate and kind of invite people into a space, a mental space, but that's based off of physical space. Because you right? can't create the special experience. Exactly. What you, what you, what you saw, I'm putting words in your mouth, but what you saw probably was a special experience that you wanted to cap encapsulate in a podcast. Right. Exactly. So it did have its own merits. It really did. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Like, like there was such a specialness to the country squire, to the community that had started to kind of, you know, kind of grow and like evolve. You know, you had kind of these legacy customers, you had, you know, you being there, you know, especially just the generational uh, uh, separation that was, you know, Miss right. Reeves and you, right, with her, with right. her longtime customers, with you coming in, younger guy, kind of college, you know, fresh out of college and everything yeah. else, yeah. you know, and so you've got these seminarians that are coming in and 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 all of these different folks coming together. Yeah, There's this true. moment where this was such a special place, yeah, and it, yeah. you know, my my thought at the time was, you know, we we can give people the opportunity to take the specialness of what the squire is, 
mm. to take the uniqueness of this experience mm. to bring it with them when they're not at the shop. So the idea is they they already know what it's like to be here, right? To be at this shop, and what we want to do is we want to try to give them that sense of hanging out at the Country Squire to take with them yeah. and to kind of like, you know, you're, you're stuck at work or whatever it is, you kind of listen and you can kind of be instantly transported still to the Country there. Squire. You're still there. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, also kind of encouraging that that stickiness and that brand loyal if you want to use all that marketing jargon. But the reality is that's that's what the goal was. Yeah. But what we discovered... And look what happened. <laughs> what we discovered was that it wasn't just... In, like, it wasn't just people mm. who have had a taste of that that wanted to like be to, to have that experience with them to remind them of what they have. There were so many people that didn't have that and want like, and we're just never really craving exactly yeah. that, that unique experience yeah. of what the country squire was. And it's interesting because we, we built everything around kind of a bubble of time, so to speak. Yeah. And the squire has yeah. grown. It's changed everything that's kind of come from it and everything. And yet like, you know, there's, there's kind of this, I don't know. It's, it's, I think that it needs to be like celebrated and you need to be given like very much like a lot of affirmation in the fact that you created a unique experience that so many people worldwide wanted to be a part of, you know what I mean? The podcast was just an avenue for putting that on blast. Right. But like, that's the thing. So, you know, dusty old yada, yada, yada. Okay. Very, very good. Hokey John Davidism. But like the the reality was there. It was a magical, the magic was there. Absolutely. And it has been for decades. Yes. And, 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 and so I, and I, I receive that. I accept that and receive, and it's true. It really is true. It's like, how do you, people want to be a part of a story. And so you, but, but you don't have to create the story. The stories are real. The stories have been created because life, right? And so, and the Squire was one of those places that was, that, that had the sauce, you know, it just had, it had that, all those ingredients. And, um, and Bo, when you stumbled into my life and um and we decided to to make Country Squire Radio, um, you know, it it brought the story of the Squire to the world. And it changed it didn't fundamentally change the character of the Country Squire. Right. But it fundamentally changed the trajectory of our business success. Hmm. And now, ten years later. That was 2013. It's 2013. Ten years later, um, we are, you know, our, our once sleepy little shop, you know, is now one of the the leading brick and mortar pipe dealers in the United States. How about that? <laughs> and <laughs> a pipe capital of the world. And a pipe capital of the world. Oh, look at that. Bring it home. <laughs> How about that, man? Well, and I, you know, so I've, I've talked a long time, but... um. But my pipes are very thankful for that. <laughs> well, they are. They are. They, your pipes are well rested because my pipes have talked right. a long time. But um, if you're listening to this and you've and you've been with us uh, a while, um, you are part of the reason that our sleepy little shop has become um, become a center for the pipe community. Yeah. And I thank you for the privilege of, of shepherding that. I I thank you for giving me the privilege of being, being a part of that. Thank you. Thank you. I think what you said at the beginning about kind of your role as steward, I think is, is, is beautiful. I think that's exactly, exactly right. And the mindset that many of us need to have with whatever our calling may be. Yeah. 
And, you know, the fact that people want to be part of a story yeah. and the reality is, is that the thousands of folks who are listening right now, y'all are all part of that story of the country squire. You're a part of that. Yeah. And have been for, for years now. I really want that to land yeah. like that. Like you're a part of that. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you've supported us. You've, you've, you're a part of that. Thank and, you. And next week. That story, like that story is about to, we're about to turn the page and so many folks are actually going to be able to bring their stories to the location of the Country Squire Yeah, as we have our, our final two episodes live from the Country Squire, man, live in, in the shop. And uh, it's precious. Yeah. It's, it's about to be, it's about to be crazy. It's about to be insane, <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of fun, man. Mm. Thank you. You know, I love the fact that not only does this shop have such a beautiful story, but through your stewardship, you have in, like uh, preserved so much history of what that story is. The different people that have kind of come to like be part of that and inspired it and, and, and trained those who came before. And it's all, yeah. you've essentially created a museum of history. You're starting to, to curate that and, and yeah. kind of grow that and, and showcase that. It's, it's a recognition, not just of like, how can I innovate, 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 innovation is good, right. but not just how can I innovate, innovate, but how can I celebrate what came before and See, recognize that? See, that's the that. thing, and I know we've gone way too long on this, but I, I need to say a couple more things. Okay, go for it. How do you become a modern tobacconist hmm. without losing your soul? <laughs> wow. Wow, okay, and that, okay. And that is something that I struggle with yeah. every day when I go to work yeah, because I, because the modern smoke shop in oftentimes is, is not the kind of place Mrs. Reeves would have gone into. Right. 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 And is not the kind of place my wife would want me to hang out. Right. And is not the kind of place that, you know, CS Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien might've been happy to be associated with. Right. So, what, what, but from the from the vape shop to the executive cigar, you know, suite, <laughs> like, how, like, so, right, right, right. So, but, but, how do you yeah. cater to the modern smoker's sensibilities mm. without losing your soul? Right, and that that question, threading that needle, is what drives me every day. Yeah, and I I have to remember that because I'm not. This is not like okay, how do we? What product can we bring in here to make some more cash? We've we have to keep our identity as a as a as a safe place for thoughtful people who are looking for community and they just happen to want to smoke a doggone pipe. Mm. That's where I live. Man. And I, I want if anyone if anyone thinks about our our business, I want them to think about that that we have that we have protected that and we have curated it with integrity and we've done it and we've done it well um, there it is the pipe pilgrimage has been something that folks have enjoyed for years during this show it's been something that listeners of the show have kind of come up with organically yeah the pipe pilgrimage doesn't need to s stop with country squire radio yeah. yeah no matter what time no matter what year you know, maybe you're listening to this five years in the future. Yeah. You're welcome into this space. You're welcome to come to the country squire. Please yeah. do pull up a, pull up a stool. Let the uh, tobacconist behind the bar blend you up something great. Uh, pack your pipe 
and enjoy good times with good folks from all over, different, diverse backgrounds, sharing stories, debating, yeah, and all threading that needle together. Yeah. Hey Amen. Here's to the country squire. Cheers. about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.